Welcome to Women Crush Wednesday's podcast, presented by Nywift, New York Women in Film and Television. We connect with women working above and below the line within the moving image industry to talk about the latest news in entertainment, exciting new film and television projects, and upcoming Nywift events. Here are your hosts, Janine McGoldrick and Leah Kearney. Hi, I'm Janine, and I'm so happy to be back with you for another episode. Leah is joining me as well. Hi, everybody. So before we jump in, we wanted to quickly talk about a new theater initiative that is kind of a sequel from our discussion last week about the nationwide closing of Regal Cinemas due to the pandemic. Yeah, we found out that AMC actually just announced a new initiative where you can rent your own theater for $99. Because they're in such dire financial straits right now, they're they're launching this creative way to potentially allow people to go to the movies. Basically, the way it works, as far as I understand, is that for $99, you can host a personal screening for one or you can make it a private party for up to 20 people. I just thought this was a fascinating piece of, of news uh, in our current climate. I have to say, I don't know what, what you think, Janine, but the movie selection is pretty limited. I don't know that I would spring for it. Jurassic Park is tempting. It, it is tempting because that is always a, a great movie to watch with a group of people, especially people that you know and your friends. I would hope that at least some of the films would have been a little more timely. And I know there's not a lot out there that's been in theaters. So if I were to spend that amount of money to go out into the world during a pandemic to watch a film, I would either want it to be a film I haven't seen yet, or maybe one of my favorite films that I could bring a a DVD copy and then they could play it for all of my friends. Which I'd be curious to know if any indie theaters have launched anything like that or are doing anything like that. A friend of mine at his 50th birthday a few years ago, there was a theater down in Tribeca that was able to rent. They gave a copy of North by Northwest, which was his favorite film. Oh, fun. We watched that together and then everybody went out to dinner. So that's the first thing that I thought of. Like, it was great. It was a lot of fun to share that with everybody. I don't know if I'd want to do that just to see Monsters, Inc. or other films that I can see streaming on DVD. I don't want to totally put a damper on the idea because obviously we want theaters to survive. And I think, like you said, it's it's an interesting, creative way for them to come up with some ideas to keep things going. And maybe we're just not the target audience for it. And yeah. that's why we wanted to at least let other people know that it's, that, a, it's out there. And that the, it's out yeah. there, exactly. And presumably it's still in a, in a socially distant way. I, I hope it works. I hope that it's something that you know, keeps some revenue going in so that eventually when things open up, we'll still have some movie theaters out there. Yeah. And things are opening up. There's a lot of shows that are moving, continuing to move forward into production. I mean, at the same time, I think everyone knows that COVID is on the rise and we're seeing a third peak. So I just would say, be safe, everybody, you know, keep, keep being creative, keep doing what you're doing, but keep, keep being safe. Exactly. So moving on to our Women Crush Wednesday spotlight, January Green is going to tell us why Jill Woodward is crushing it this week. 
Hey, Nightwood members. This week, we're giving a huge shout out to Jill Woodward, freelance documentary editor and filmmaker. Some of her projects include the Netflix documentary, Get Me Roger Stone, television documentary, China Queer, and the A&E indie documentary, Divide and Conquer, the story of Roger Ailes. That's quite a list. And now we're proud to celebrate Jill for her latest project, the new documentary, This is Paris, which she edited with Aaron McAdams. This is Paris gives us an up close and personal look at Paris Hilton's life beyond her influencer lifestyle, including firsthand accounts of many personal memories. Paris also opens up to discuss past traumas that influence the woman she has become, as well as what motivates her to set her own path from beauty product lines to her quest as an international DJ. Want to know more? See it for yourself. The documentary is available to stream now through YouTube. Congrats, Jill Woodward, for a job well done. Listeners, if you want to nominate a NYWIFT member for our Women Crush Wednesday Spotlight, reach out to us. The email is communications at nywift.org. And now it's time for your stories. First up, we have CJ Krim who talks about being arrested while filming her documentary and releasing the timely film during a pandemic. Hello, Women Crushing Wednesdays. I'm an independent producer and director. My name is Cheryl Jacobs Krim, but you can call me CJ. I started using my initials for business just after I entered the workforce over 30 years ago because I was told flat out that women cannot be directors. I decided that going by CJ, someone would have to at least talk to me before deciding they wouldn't hire me because I'm a woman. Fortunately, times are changing, but it's because of our sheer determination and persistence that women are finally being taken seriously as directors. I just released my first feature film. It's called Resisterhood. It's a documentary about the power of women, hope, and resistance in modern American politics. Its mission is to inspire people to get involved and vote. It follows six diverse, inspirational, and amazing activists as they work to protect our civil rights. We meet them at the Women's March in DC on January 21st, 2017, and we follow them for two years through the midterm elections, which saw the most diverse Congress in history, which included 117 women. So I'm here to talk about women not only crushing Wednesdays, but women crushing this upcoming election. Women creating the country we want to live in by crushing the patriarchy. Because let's face it, Trump didn't shred the fabric of our democracy all on his own. He had a lot of men helping him. Women are making their voices heard, and that's what resistorhood is all about. I directed the film and I shot most of it. I live in Washington, D.C., and I probably filmed 20 or more protests. I was arrested twice. The first time I was arrested, I was so nervous, I stopped shooting when the Capitol Police gave their first warning. You get three warnings before they get out their handcuffs. The second time I was arrested was toward the end of the film during the Kavanaugh hearings after Christine Blasey Ford's memorable and moving testimony. By then, I'd filmed hundreds of people getting arrested. 
but I had always had to stay behind the police line, which was about 100 feet away. So I thought, this time, I'll get arrested. This will be great. I will finally be able to get some close-ups of the faces of the people being arrested and have their hands being zip-tied behind their backs. Well, sadly for me, the Capitol Police did not like that idea so much, and I was the fourth person arrested. I had to put my camera gear in my backpack and hand it off to a volunteer who worked for the group that organized the protest. But because they were transporting us in a big police bus somewhere else to be booked, we were allowed to keep our phones in case we needed to call someone to pick us up. There are two quick hip-level shots in the film that my editor did not want to put in because they're quite blurry. But I insisted. I took them on my phone with my hands zip-tied behind my back. These shots are in there just for me. They make me laugh when I see them. And just so you know, each time I was arrested, I came away with a $50 fine and a certain sense of empowerment. So when you watch Resistorhood, and I hope you do, look for those two blurry shots and smile along with me. If you like the film, please spread the word. The subjects are inspiring and hopeful, and they show what's possible when we join together and lift each other up. This pandemic has made it really difficult to get the film out to the world. It was accepted into more than a dozen film festivals, which is awesome, but the first film festival was supposed to be in April. It didn't happen until October 2nd. And unlike other films, we can't just wait for things to open back up. We're working hard to get the film out there ahead of the election. And it's actually more than a film. It's the resistorhood movement. We've created a voter toolkit that we're sending along with the film to colleges and universities around the country to help educate and inspire young voters. And I've also decided to give the film to independent theaters free of charge for the last two weeks in October so they can use any money it might bring in to help keep their doors open until they can actually open their doors again. So this film, like most documentaries, I suppose are to everyone who creates them, has been a labor of love. And I hope you love it. The film is on Amazon. It's free if you have Amazon Prime. Or you can go to the website, resistorhooddoc.com, and you can see where it's being screened. Please look for it. And don't forget to vote. Thanks. Our next story comes from Jen Hallweil, who was a recent Women Crush Wednesday Spotlight member. And now we uh, have the pleasure of hearing from her sharing about the inspiration behind the creation of her company, Go Beyond. So I started as an electrical engineer before I became what I dubbed a story engineer. And one of the things that really frustrated me about being an electrical engineer was that I was tired of consistently being the only woman in the room. And I noticed there were also frequently not many people of color. And I found this to be fascinating because every industrial revolution has been tied to women and people of color joining the workforce. But up until recently, historically, we could not receive credit or compensation for that work. And so I noticed that in storytelling, there was this myth of the lone genius, crazy, zany white dude, uh, you know, the Einstein trope with, with 
big, crazy hair, uh, the Elon Musk type, right? That idea of this person that pulls themselves up by their bootstraps solo to invent something and has this aha moment. Uh, and it's really a very fake depiction of how science and technology and innovation happen, how it happens in labs and in communities and environments is it's a team work endeavor and it takes a community and it takes a village. And so I founded Go Beyond two years ago to create this village model of science and tech storytelling, one that was much more diverse and inclusive and representative of the breakthroughs that I grew up hearing about and hopefully helps change the face of how we think of science and technology, how we think of innovation and inspires a new wave of innovation in the process. In the past two years, I'm really grateful that we've had the opportunity to tour the country and actually several countries highlighting science and tech innovation, talking about the deeper ethical issues around tech. Most recently, we got to partner with this amazing female-led tech company called The Financial Gym to take a more honest and equitable approach to financial storytelling and all of the you know financial mechanisms that, that function beyond that. So financial engineering, I didn't realize financial engineering is a discipline, but there are all of these various financial tools that the average person doesn't know about. And so we dug in on IRAs and HSAs and robo-investing, but we also featured a lot more people of color and women. And we talked about the wage gap and we talk about redlining and we talk about these deeper social and ethical considerations as we innovate financially. And I'm really, really proud of that. We've just broke over a million views. Folks can check it out at www.gobeyondlab.in backslash financially naked. And we're actively recruiting more story engineers to help us iterate what I call this concept of tribe telling, where we really break down the culture code and the myth of the self-made man. And we show how society innovates and creates technology and creates social change through community building and storytelling that is community centric. So if you're interested in partnering or getting involved or learning more about what we're doing, please reach out. Again, the website's www.gobeyondlab.in. And thank you for the opportunity to highlight what I think is a really interesting problem, but, but more importantly, a really interesting opportunity to shift the narrative and improve society as a result. And lastly, Andrea Barra brings us a bite-sized interview with Caroline Suh, the director of Blackpink Light Up the Sky, a documentary about record-setting female K-pop group, Blackpink. Hi, Caroline. Hello, thank you for having me. Absolutely, I saw the documentary and it is so much fun. And if you can start just telling us a little bit about how this documentary came about. Sure. So uh, Netflix had been working with Blackpink to make their first K-pop film, and they brought me on board to direct. And uh, kind of one of the first things that we needed to do was <clears throat> have everyone kind of come together and be on board. So I met with YG. We kind of went from there. Did you have a relationship already with Netflix? Yes, we had worked on um, a couple of projects together. So, you know, we know each other. I'm certainly fond of them. I guess they thought that I would be the right person for this film. 
And you, did you know the bands beforehand? I did not. I wasn't a huge K-pop person before right. working on this. I kind of did a deep dive into all things K-pop once I <laughs> knew I was going to be making the film. So I watched this with my daughter. She's seven, and she loved it. <laughs> oh, good, also. good. It is family-friendly, so that's good. My daughter has seen it about 500 times. And how old is your daughter? She's 10, and she has very clear notes. She gives me notes. That is so Many cool. of which are I've taken and are incorporated in the film. So <laughs> That is so funny. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. How long were you filming this? So we filmed in the fall of 2019 and then in February 2020. So we spent um, kind of two blocks of time mm-hmm. with the Blackpink members, kind of filming them in the studio and then filming them going about their lives, doing what they like to do when they're not working. We spent a nice amount of time getting to know them and making the film. And was this mostly in South Korea or did you like go on tour with them? Oh, no. So they, we filmed them. All, all of our filming was in South Korea. And then footage of them at Coachella and on their world tour, they have actually people who are kind of videographers who film all of their major appearances and also right. um, film them when they were trainees. Did COVID kind of cut the filming short? You know, luckily we were able to finish shooting before COVID became kind of like full-blown. We're really lucky in that regard. Oh, good. We got it just under the wire. Were you able to work with your own team? Do you have go-to, like, assistant director that you always work with, or does that change on each project? Um, You know, it's, it's kind of a balance of working with new people, so you meet new people and the different people bring different things to the table and also working with your kind of trusted collaborators. So Luke McCubrey, who I worked with a bunch who shot salt, fat, acid, heat. I worked with someone who I never worked with before, but who I, who I had known before named Kara Monez. She was the most fabulous producer. She's really great. And we worked right. at Radicals. So trusted Radical people worked on the film. So it, it, it was a mix. So I kind of have to force myself to work with new people. What's your backstory? So I had a very long apprenticeship <laughs> of many day, many years. So I started actually as an intern at Channel 13 when Channel 13 was kind of more in its heyday. I hope yeah. I'm not offending anyone by saying that. But um, <laughs> And then I, you know, worked as a PA and I basically uh, made my way up into being a producer. And I had always wanted to direct and finally I kind of transitioned into directing. Were you guys planning on theatrical premiere and seeing it with the girls, or how did you kind of navigate that? Uh, thankfully, they we sent them the film and they when we were done and they watched it. I would have I would have been too nerve wracking if I had watched it on Zoom with them. So I'm <laughs> happily they watched it on their own and they were very happy with it. So that's great. And then I think originally we thought maybe a festival or maybe a premiere in Korea, but obviously that's not in the cards now. So. Right. Uh, everyone will see it at the same time on Netflix. Were you allowed access with their family, or did they were they ever able to go see their family? You know, we filmed with them really only um, kind of working and doing what they do in their downtime by themselves. So we were telling their story, and I think we were careful not to kind of cross yeah. boundaries in terms of filming with family members. Can you tell us a little bit about when it is premiering on Netflix? Sorry to interrupt. It will be on Netflix. Um, it will drop on Netflix uh, October 14th. 
I really had so much fun watching it, and I, oh, I really love your work. And I'm excited. I'm excited for the world to see this and to see more of, of what you do in the future as well. And thank you That's so amazing. much for sharing your time with us. Thank you for having me. I have to say, Janine, we feature the coolest people on this podcast. <laughs> Just after listening to these uh, interviews, I am, uh, you know, the incredible artists that we've had on recent episodes. I, I'm just so, so proud and inspired of our community and these amazing women who are crushing it. I was a big fan of Caroline's work on salt, fat, acid, heat. If you haven't seen that, definitely check it out. Uh, one of our amazing board members, Catherine O'Kane, was the showrunner on that. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to this new film. And then, you know, hearing from CJ and Jen and Jill about what they're working on, I, I'm just very inspired. Yes, I agree. I, when I was listening to CJ's segment, I was mentally and almost physically fist pumping in the air. Some dedication to get arrested for your project. And not only once, but twice. And Jen just seeing a void out there. And I think what's great about NYWIFT is that the membership is full of women like this. People who go out and try to fill that void and try to tell stories that aren't being told and try to create companies that bring in all different types of people to work together in a very collective way. So we're just so excited and happy that we could bring these projects and these people to the podcast to let everybody else know about them and inspire others to do the same. Awesome. If you want any more information about any of these amazing ladies, go to the show notes, find the links on everyone featured on today's episode and their projects. Speaking of these amazing stories, we want your stories. Email us. You can either send an audio recording or a written submission. Uh, the email again is communications at nywift.org. A reminder that we ask audio files be kept to around five minutes and written submissions, which we will narrate to about two pages. And of course, let us know if you want us to keep the names anonymous. With that, Janine, should we talk about uh, what we're watching this week? Yeah, it's recommendation time. So recommendation why, why don't you go first? <laughs> okay, cool. Well, um, I'm just curious, are you, uh, are you, were you a West Wing fan? Yes, yes, a huge West Wing fan. And actually about two years ago, I went through and rewatched the entire series on mm. Netflix over a couple of months can never watch it too many times. <laughs> I, I feel the same way. I remember like having the DVD set back in the day when they were first released. And it's just a, you know, a, a masterful ensemble, smartly written, beautifully directed. If you haven't heard yet, there is a West Wing reunion where the right. cast and creative team have basically staged an episode of the show. I think it's from season three. It's called Hartsfield Landing. It is a partnership to benefit the organization When We All Vote, which was founded by Michelle Obama and a lot of other amazing people to, to get out the vote for this upcoming election. So this is not only a, a really beautifully done staged reading, they, they basically acted out the episode in an empty theater in the, I think the Orpheum Theater in Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. But it's also, there's special guest appearances in between each of the acts by Samuel L. Jackson, Lin-Manuel Miranda, oh, wow. President Bill Clinton, people talking about how important this election is and how important it is to make your voice heard. So, and it's on HBO Max. So oh, okay. uh, if, you, if you have it, I highly recommend checking it out. 
uh, tell your friends. And also I've been volunteering with this organization when we all vote, they're awesome. And they make it really easy, not only to get yourself registered and, you know, to help you make a plan to vote, but, but how to get the word out, you know, just tell your friends and family. That's my recommendation this week is the um, West Wing when we all vote special on HBO Max. That's great. I love that. Well, it's kind of funny because my recommendation is in about the same vein as yours with the election coming up and so much of the partisan divide going on in the news. This past week, I was craving something that was, you know, a little more nostalgic, a little uplifting. So I went into my own classic film DVD collection and watched Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. Oh, and so for those of you who might not be familiar, maybe a little bit young, it's a film star is the great Jimmy Stewart, and he's a newly appointed U.S. senator who fights against corruption in the political system. So you probably might have come across clips of his famous filibuster scene. He does a filibuster for 25 hours and then collapses on the Senate floor. And then, of course, everybody comes to believe in him. And you might think it's a little cheesy or it's a typical David Beats Goliath movie fantasy, but it's actually loosely based on the life of Montana U.S. Senator Burton Wheeler, who underwent a similar experience when he was investigating the Warren Harding administration. I just felt so great to watch a film like that, thinking that there's still people out there doing good work in politics and really trying hard to help. If you want a little happy political story, then I suggest that you watch The West Wing, reunion and then go to Mr. Smith goes to Washington and then go vote and you'll feel so wonderful. Yeah, I mean we need we need to keep hope alive these days. So <laughs> anything anything we can do, right? Exactly. So before we sign off, uh, we have NYWIPT community engagement director Katie Chambers here with us to provide a quick programming update. Thanks, Katie. So for our next episode, we have two exciting and very timely interviews with important themes having to do with the upcoming elections. We're going to be airing it a week earlier than usual on October 28th, so you're not going to want to miss it. Make sure you are subscribed to the podcast so that you never miss an episode. Uh, thanks again for tuning in today. Thank you, Janine. Always a pleasure. Yes, same here. Thanks again to all of our awesome listeners. Forward to meeting back here in a week. And in the meantime, make sure you vote. Vote early, in person if possible. Get that mail-in ballot in. Mm -hmm. And uh, stay healthy and well. We'll see you next time. Bye, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. Don't miss any Women Crush Wednesdays episode Subscribe today and share with your friends and colleagues. For more information on all the great programming and services from New York Women in Film and Television, go to nywift.org. That's N-Y-W-I-F-T dot org. Follow us on social media with the NYWIFT acronym and contact us at communications at nywift.org with any feedback, topic recommendations, or interview suggestions. Thanks and have a great day.